Hi, folks. This is Brad Bright again with the God is the Issue podcast, where we show how God is the issue in every issue. A couple weeks ago, I did a podcast on Dylan Mulvaney, Budweiser, and Jesus. It generated a ton of questions, so today's episode is about answering those questions. This podcast is specifically for Christians who are wrestling with how to navigate and respond to the transgender issue. You know, what is it? And as a follower of Jesus, how do we respond? I've entitled this episode, God Never Says Oops. Now, you've probably been a part of conversations where you've heard terms slung around and you're not quite sure what they mean. So let's just talk about some of those terms for a moment. Do you know what cisgendered means? Do you know what transgender means? You, you probably have a pretty good idea of what that means. And do you know what non-binary means? And these are terms that are slung around in the whole transgender conversation. But let's start with the term tr- cisgendered. If you ask someone over 50 what it means, you'll likely get a blank stare and a shrug of the shoulders. However, if you ask a 10-year-old what it means, they'll probably say it's a person who is a hater. And we'll talk more about that later. But what does it really mean? If you identify as the gender written on your birth certificate, then you are cisgendered. The prefix cis is a Latin word meaning on this side of, on the same side as. Whereas trans is a Latin prefix, which means on the other side of. In other words, trans is a prefix meaning across, beyond, through. So cis means basically same as, trans means the opposite of. Okay, so it's just kind of like up is the, is the opposite of down, left is the opposite of right, good is the opposite of evil, cis is the opposite of trans. Cisgender means a person who believes their gender is the same as what is on their birth certificate. Transgender means a person who believes their gender is not the same as what is on their birth certificate. The words cisgender and transgender are are antonyms. They're opposites. But in public education today, cisgender is not used as a descriptive term. It's portrayed as a pejorative term, a negative term, a term of shame. Therefore, if you go into a public school and ask all the fourth graders to raise their hands who identify as cisgender, not a single child will raise their hand. Why? Because if you self-identify as cisgendered, you will be labeled a hater because this is what the teachers are teaching in the classroom. Now then, although there are numerous terms out there, there are three basic types of transgenders. Transgender men, transgender women, and non-binary persons. For a long time, I could never remember if a transgender man was a woman who identified as a man or a man who identified as a woman. Ditto for transgender women. So here is a way to keep the term straight in your head. A transgender man is a woman who thinks she is a man. She identifies as a man. Think of it this way. Trans means not the same as. Therefore, a transgender man is not the same as a man or is the opposite of a man. Therefore, if a person identifies as a transgender man, they must really be the opposite of a man, which is a woman. When you hear the word trans, think opposite. Cis means same. Trans means opposite. A transgender woman, therefore, is a man who thinks he is a woman. He 
He identifies as a woman. Again, trans means not the same as so a transgender woman is not the same as a woman. Therefore, a transgender woman must be a man. Now then, a non-binary person, you've probably heard that term. Basically, a non-binary person is a transgender who believes they are either both genders, neither gender, or a fluid gender. That is, they can be a man today, a woman tomorrow, and something else the next day. There are numerous variations and terms under the non-binary category, but basically it's, it's just a catch-all category. But here's the rub. In order for a man to claim he's a woman, or a woman to claim that she's a man, or for a person to claim they are neither or both, they have to deny both God and science. Genesis 1.27 says that God created two genders, male and female. God says the two genders, the way he created them, are designed in his actual image. Furthermore, God says in Deuteronomy 22.5 that a man should not dress as a woman, and a woman should not dress as a man. In other words, a transvestite or a drag queen. But that's not the worst of it, folks. Lest someone should try to say that's just civil law, not moral law. It doesn't pertain to us today. Uh, the, the, the command concludes with these words. God detests anyone who does this. Does that sound like civil law to you? It doesn't to me. You know, through Moses, God gave the Israelites over 600 reg regulations. And there is only a handful where God specifically emphasizes his personal revul revulsion. So either self-proclaimed transgenders must, in effect, say that well, God said, oops, I, I made you a man, but I should have made you a woman or they must completely deny the existence of God. Either way, they are God deniers. But they are also science deniers. Science has proven that a pregnant person is a female. No exceptions. A person with an XY chromosome will never get pregnant. Science has proven that a menstruating person is a female. A person with an XY chromosome, again, will never have a period. And science has proven that a person who produces sperm is a male. A person with 2X chromosome is incapable of impregnating anyone. And the list goes on. These are all undeniable scientific facts. In the words of Barack Obama, it's settled science. If you don't believe the science, then you are a science denier. Now, in order to believe that a man can be a woman, you have to deny both science and God. Now, think of it this way. If you think you are black, but you're actually white, then, then you're white. If you think you're six foot two, but you're only five foot four, then you're five foot four. If you think you have brown eyes, but you actually have blue eyes, then you actually have blue eyes. If you think you are female, but you are male, then you're actually male, right? All these things were largely predetermined at conception. So if your feelings, that is your truth, doesn't reflect reality, where's the problem? The problem's in your head. But let me take this one step further. I'm going to get slightly graphic here. So if any of you are, are, are kind of sensitive, or if there are any children in the room, I want you to turn down the sound right now. 
I'm going to ask a series of questions which will help clarify where the problem is, and I'm going to be very direct. If a man is addicted to porn, is the problem in his pants or in his head? If a man can't keep his zipper up outside the marriage bed, is the problem in his pants or in his head? If a man is sexually attracted to other men, is the problem in his pants or in his head? If a man thinks he is a woman, is the problem in his pants or in his head? The answer to all four of these questions is the problem is in his head. In light of that, can anyone explain to me how dressing like a woman helps correct the problem if the problem is in your head? How can changing clothes in a girl's locker room address the problem if the problem is in your head? How can having a sex change operation help correct the problem if the problem is in your head? This is not helping. This is called enabling. It's no different than enabling an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a glutton. The first step in correcting any problem is you have to be honest about the problem. Being dishonest about the problem, by the way, is not loving. It's enabling. Now, a trans person's problem is not in their pants. It's what's in their head. They are not mentally disturbed. They are mentally broken. This is simple enough for any child to understand. So, so why is there so much confusion on this issue? Why would a person deny both God and science? It's because there is a core assumption behind this whole transgender aberration. It says God is not the ultimate authority. Science is not the ultimate authority. My experience, that is my truth, is the ultimate authority in the universe. My experiences, my desires, my perception of reality determines what is true. This is what the term my truth means. It means I am the ultimate authority in the universe. It means I am smarter than God. Now, if you listen to Dylan Mulvaney, who has been the center of controversy recently, you will hear Dylan say my truth as if that settles it. If my truth is the ultimate reality, then scientific facts and God's truth don't matter. So guess what? Welcome to postmodernism, where science and God are demoted. I become both science and God unto myself. For the postmodernist, my opinion is ultimate truth. My truth trumps God's truth. My truth trumps scientific fact. Both God and science are conformed to my image. Now, this is nothing really new, folks. The Old Testament says it this way, every man did what was right in his own eyes. Today, we call it my truth. Only the terminology has changed. Postmodernism isn't modern at all. It's been around for thousands of years. Now, here's the core choice that we all face. Either my experiences will determine how I see God and therefore see God's creation, or my view of God will determine how I see my experiences and therefore how I see myself and God's creation. It's either one or the other. When it comes to transgenders, their experience is the source of all truth that determines how they see everything else. Therefore, their experiences determine how they see God, and therefore their experiences determine how they see the world. The watershed issue is who or what determines what is real. In postmodernism, the, the, the debate is not God versus science. 
The debate is God and science versus me. And transgenders say me. But this all goes well beyond the transgender issue and touches every area of life in, in the modern era. The reason the mobs on campus try to shout down and silence free speech rather than engaging in an argument is because in postmodern culture where the individual determines his or her own truth, reason is irrelevant. The only thing that matters are my experiences. That's why narrative is so powerful in our culture. Narrative shapes our experiences into understandable patterns. Facts don't. Did you catch that? Narrative is what shapes our experiences into understandable patterns. Facts don't do that. Narrative shapes, shapes how we see the facts. Narrative determines which facts we acknowledge and which facts we discount. Today, what we are seeing is the logical result of canceling God from culture and education. God is, and let, me, let me just say this. If God is irrelevant, there is no greater moral authority in the universe than me. Once God was canceled, it was only a matter of time until science was canceled as well, as we see with trans, trans ideology today. The scientific method is based on the assumption that there is order and reason in the universe because the creator was a being of order and reason himself. But we have canceled God, and, and by canceling God in culture and in, in education, we've opened up a Pandora's box. See, canceling God in education is the primary cause of widespread lying, cheating, stealing, gun violence, and gender dysphoria. There's no longer any perceived moral accountability in the universe. All that's left, and hear me, hear me, hear me very clearly, all that's left is survival of the fittest. All that's left is survival of the fittest. If God doesn't exist, all that's left is survival of the fittest, which makes it all about me. Survival of the fittest means it's all about me. Let me digress for a moment. Most of the students in these mobs are largely incapable of rational argument. Quite literally, their thought processes are controlled by their brain stems. That is, back here, the seat of emotion, rather than by their frontal lobes here, which is the seat of logic and reason. Their feelings, not logic, control their brain processes. Now, I don't mean this metaphorically. I don't mean it derogatorily. I mean it literally. Think Antifa. Think about the violent riots across America during, during COVID. Think about the mobs who shout down and threaten speakers and professors on the college campus. And then think about a three-year-old child. A three-year-old will throw a temper tantrum in order to get their way. Their center of thought is in their brain stem, not their frontal lobe. In order to understand the mob, you must see them as three-year-olds in grown-up bodies. I don't mean that derogatorily. I mean that is how you have to view them. Once you do that, their behavior makes perfect sense. For a three-year-old, their experiences are their reality. The same for the mobs. The problem comes, of course, when what I want conflicts with what you want. What happens when two three-year-olds both want to play with the same toy? They fight for the toy until one wins and one loses, right? This is how the mob sees the world. It's not about being right. It's about what I want. In their world, what I want is always morally right because it's what? It's my truth. And if you disagree, you are morally wrong. That's why free speech is bad and censorship is good. 
this really is the entire context for, for the transgender cultural aberration. We are dealing with a bunch of three-year-olds, in effect, who are largely incapable of rational thought because they're thinking from their brain stem. Again, folks, welcome to the world of postmodernism. But the question is, how, sh how should we respond? How should the average Christian respond? You can't send these people out of the room for a timeout. So what do you do? First, determine you're going to be more like Jesus. Be more like Jesus. Love more, tolerate less. Did you hear that? Love more, tolerate less. Jesus was loving, but he wasn't very tolerant. You see, here's the point. Never compromise God's love, but never compromise God's truth either. It's like Jesus said to the woman at the well, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. He never condemned her, but he never downplayed her sin either. He never said, that's okay, we're all human, we all make mistakes. Never said it. He acknowledged her sin, forgave her, and gave her a second chance. Folks, we have to start by extending God's forgiveness because we are a culture drowning in guilt and shame and angst in dire needs of God's love and forgiveness. This means you have to be honest. You can't downplay sin. See, because God is not tolerant, but he does forgive. But it also means you have to invite people into real relationship as Jesus did. Let me ask you, why do people resort to violence? It's because no psychologist can take away their pain. Only God can do that. That, again, is why we have to extend relationship as the arms of God on earth in the hope that we can be a bridge to God himself. You see, God never said loving your neighbor would be easy. In fact, he raised the bar. He said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And then he demonstrated what he meant on the cross and what that looks like. But, folks, we're incapable of loving as Jesus loved, aren't we? Unless, unless we allow, allow the Spirit of God to love through us. And to do this, we have to start by reframing the terms of the conversation. That's what Jesus did all the time. And here's what I mean. We need to make the conversation about what God thinks, not about what I think or not about what you think, because God is the authority, not you, not me. For example, when they say, gender-affirming care, respond, do you really think God would call castrating a minor whose gender he created gender-affirming? Are you saying that God said, oops? Or when they say a, a child should have sex change surgery, respond, do you really think God said, oops, I got their gender wrong? And, and when they say trans women should be able to choose the locker room they want to use, just respond, you know, do you think a truly loving God would force a 14-year-old girl to see a man's penis while she's getting changed in the locker room? I mean, it kind of seems like the trans community is saying God loves us more than the 14-year-old old girls, doesn't it? Here's the point. Make it about what God thinks, not about what you think. But we're, we're not quite finished here yet. Not finished reframing the issue. In the current culture, there are powerful emotive comparisons you can make. And I encourage you to consider taking this final step, especially if you're a woman. However, I have to caution you. It is a red line in the sand, so use a calm voice.
And here's where you start. Trans is the new blackface. Any white person who wears blackface is a racist, and any man who dresses up as, as a woman is guilty of, guilty of gender appropriation of demeaning all women. Furthermore, any man who identifies as a woman so he can compete against them is a misogynist. He is intentionally doing real harm to real women. He is taking away their scholarships. He is taking away their opportunity to achieve. Because, folks, womanhood is not a mental disorder. It is a God-ordained, scientifically verified, intrinsic genetic trait, just like ethnicity. And by the way, God did not say oops when he created women as women and men as men. So every time the transgender issue comes up, talk about, one, how it affects minors, especially young girls. Two, compare it to blackface. And then three, call it what it is, misogyny. Trans ideology is a form of misogyny because it hurts real women. In our culture, those are three powerful emotive arguments. Use them. Now, this generation could care less about logical arguments, but it is stopped in its tracks by emotive arguments. So think of your audience as three-year-olds. They're thinking from their brain stems, which is the seat of emotion, not from their frontal lobes, which is the seat of logic. But folks, always use a calm voice and always end by making God the issue. And remember, be more like Jesus. Love more, tolerate less. Never compromise God's love, but never compromise his truth because God never says oops. God is the issue in every issue. And folks, if you have found this podcast helpful, please like it, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends.